Hi there, welcome to another episode of the Happy Startup Community Podcast. It's me, Carlos, co-founder of the Happy Startup School. So recently, Lawrence has been reading a book called Nature Fix, and it's inspired him to write a post on our Medium publication. Um, you can go and check it out if you go to a happy.link forward slash read and look for the post entitled Hiking the Therapy Trail Where Life and Work Meet. He says it backs up what we intrinsically know, that when we lose ourselves in nature, time stands still and we learn to behave more generously to ourselves and one another. We use our senses more and become much more present to our surroundings. This helps us to open up, let our guard down and connect with each other on a deeper level. And that's what happened at our latest altitude retreat. The story played out again. According to one of our alumni, uh, we're pioneers in the art of igniting collective inspiration, support and trust magically between strangers. I like that. <laughs> this doesn't happen by accident, though. It takes careful design, curation, hosting and collaboration to create the conditions so that nature can weave its magic. So just over two weeks ago, we came back from the Alps, and on this episode, Lawrence and I reflect on how it went and why we need these times in nature. Enjoy. Well, um, how are you feeling? How am I feeling? Um, I'm feeling good. Um, yeah, well, I'm feeling better than you. That's the sound of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was someone we met on altitude said uh they'd been to a buddhist retreat and one of the teachings there was to be grateful every day when you wake up that you don't have a toothache <laughs> <laughs> because it's easy when we're you know feeling well that things are good so um so yeah i don't have toothache but you have backache so I thought. oh man uh, this is it is like that's exactly captured how i'm feeling at the moment is like i'm i just want to be normal <laughs> Yeah, basically, no, I'll be so grateful just not to be in pain or not to like, yeah, I don't know what it was at altitude this time around, but it took it took something you. out of my body. It just, yeah, it, I don't know. and it, it started at the beginning and there were signs there, but I'm, I'm trying to work it out. And I don't, I, there's no kind of, I can't think of, of any inciting incident that might have caused this chronic back pain. Or is, I don't know if it's back pain, it feels like kidney pain. Mm. But I, I was reading a post today about, and I think we talked about it when we were there. So I hear someone mentioning it about um, chronic stress mm-hmm. um, and this idea of being a frog in hot water or being boiled in a pot. You know, you slowly turn up the heat, uh, and at some point you don't realize it's like fucking boiling and you're just about mm. to die. And with chronic stress, this article is saying the same thing. You just don't realize what's going on. No. And at some point, your body just like goes, nope, <laughs> not doing that anymore. Or your mind says, nope, not doing that anymore. And you just don't even know where that's come from. But it's because it's been such a slow, slow boiler. <laughs> well, there's a, a good book I've been, well, probably one of about 10 books I'm reading at the moment, <laughs> scattered around the house in different places. One of them, um, actually Max, who has been on the podcast to know, put me on to which is called when the body says no mm. about the link between our mind and our body and how obviously like you said what's going on in our subconscious can really affect how we feel physically um and i've had i've had back pain before as you know i had an injury many moons ago in a in a fun accident in new zealand um so yeah i'm really in tune to that in terms of how how particularly back pain i think it's one of those things if you don't have it or have never had it it's really hard to explain how debilitating it can be both physically and mentally because it just drains you of all thought, really, because it's so all-encompassing when it's really bad. So, yeah, I get where you're at. And, um, but, yeah, like you said, it's understanding, is it a physical injury or is it something, maybe you're in a job that <laughs> you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I need to talk to my boss and say, oh, yeah. I'm not sure I like this job. <laughs> if only there was a place you could go to learn how to find your purpose and meaning. Actually, saying that, uh, so this this article was talking about stresses. Um, and there's, you know, there's good stress, you know, stress puts us in that fight or flight, um, mindset and your body is actually built for short stress, uh, and it helps you focus and, and get shit done. New um, stress, isn't it? It's got a name. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is that it? You stress. Yeah. So EU. there's that that stress, which well, is like EU stress, which is quite funny because um, someone actually stress. had it on the slide once, and they said, "Oh, is this, is this a name given to Brexit?" You know, everyone's got EU stress. EU <laughs> stress. <laughs> what does the EU stand for? I know it's U stress is one word, but it's it's spelled. Oh. EU stress. Yeah. Okay. It's not, it's not, it's not an acronym. All right. It's not related. To, is it like related to eudaimonia, like happiness and? I think it's just good, as in good stress. Good stress. Ah. Yeah. So there's good stress, and then there's chronic stress. There's that stress that's just ongoing. And I was just thinking about in terms of stresses, what might have been. Esme broke her arm. Yeah. My dad had that blood (laughs) bleed on the brain. Um, We've been sort of traveling up and down to stuff. So, you know, it could be that. Could be just yeah. a small accumulation of things that are just like, yeah, or it could be PTSD from last year and summer camp. <laughs> <laughs> could be all of those things. It could together. be all of those things, and um, I think this uh, this is kind of relevant for me because it's kind of, I feel like it's part of what the theme of altitude is about. When is this the moment where I go, oh, are we recording? By the way, <laughs> I go, like, yeah, I started recording ten minutes ago. <laughs> Yeah, I really need to kind of uh, brush up on my etiquette about, um, uh, yeah. Gorilla recording. Gorilla recording. Privacy, isn't it? Yeah. uh... (laughs) But, but yeah, no, for me, it's that, um, I think, talking, thinking about the whole stress thing, and one of the things that I was reading again this morning, this whole idea is actually, and I think hopefully I'm going to be talking to Max on Friday and doing a podcast about being in your body. It's about listening to your mm-hmm. body and and like with you you're saying you know your back is a very clear indicator of when you need to rest and when you need to step back um and in a sense that back injury is a great canary <laughs> yeah to to tell you what's going on well other people don't necessarily have that and no. they they don't they don't take the time to stop and or, the, or and they get to the point where yeah like you said whether it's burnout or some some physical impact from ignoring that over over time um can happen like you said um or you just feel really tired and find it hard to get out of bed every day for whatever reason so um yeah it can creep up creep up on you slowly or it can <clears throat> bite you in the bum maybe with you it's more acute in terms of like oh my god this must be something much more serious or maybe it's not who knows maybe you'll find out and that's that taking stock is like i think that's the things you without stopping and trying to work out, okay, what could it be? Um, you have no idea that might, what might be triggering it, and you're more. And then there's a chance you just trigger it again because you you didn't know what it was that's that's the issue. Yeah, but I think, like you said, the main thing is listening and being in tune to your body, understanding how, yeah, how your mind can affect the way you feel physically, and having the time to do it. Yeah, I don't think I don't think people value enough the idea of stopping. And taking time out because um, it, it feels like it's a waste of time. Well, I think it's counterintuitive, isn't it, to stop, to pause. Um, we talked about this before when we had the first version of this podcast where we talked a little bit about why we do altitude um, or all of our events, to, to be honest, summer camp too, but you know, particularly the retreats, which are a week long, um, is it's almost more important to take time out when you can't or when you um, don't feel like you can, even though you need it the most. And that's the reason to do it then is when, when we're really busy, I think often we make really bad decisions, um, both from a professional point of view, but I think a lot of time, personal point of view, we, you know, we, we know that a lot of the things we talked about are good for you in terms of taking time out or, maybe some well-being activities, but it doesn't mean we do them. Um, so I think even more reason to, when you're at your busiest, to then just go, okay, hang on, maybe the best, most productive even thing, never mind best thing for my well-being, is to actually just just put on the, the reboot for a little bit and see see what um, comes up when I come back to it. Because often what we've found, and certainly what I've found after doing these things for quite a few years now is, your priorities shift and what was really important before suddenly becomes less important. And maybe something else comes to the fore that wasn't even on your list before, but just seems to rise to the surface as the thing you need to be doing. Um, 
so yeah, for me, it's always a good perspective shift into what's important. <clears throat> and why do you think people don't do that? What is it that's stopping people from actually giving themselves permission to stop? Um, I think it's definitely countercultural, I guess, in terms of there's a lot of societal pressure, peer pressure, pressure we put on ourselves to be a bit on that treadmill in terms of, you know, if you get off it, then I find you need to have a really good story to tell other people so you don't feel guilty about doing that. Um, so we've had lots of people who really want to come on these retreats, but for whatever reason, they can't find the, um, I don't know, argument to be able to share that with, whether it's colleagues, peers, other halves, you know, families, as to why it's important for them without it feeling indulgent. So I think that's one thing is just it, it feels effortful to opt out of a system at times which is not serving us often. Um, I'd say that's one thing. And then just the idea of, you know, working hard is the right way to solve a problem. So being busy is, you know, something you just need to do. And if you're in a busy time of year or business is going well or if business isn't going well, whatever the challenge you're trying to face at that time, then just working harder will solve that problem. Um, but I don't think that's true. Often it's, you know, again, counterintuitive, but way more effective to just not just stop and, you know, go on a silent retreat for 10 days, or maybe that's the thing that works for some people. What we found is stopping, but then breathing, spending time in nature, having time with other people who are also battling with some of these issues, then you just get a different viewpoint on things and look at things from a different angle, which then, again, makes you just reorder things in your mind and come back to things a little fresher. No, <clears throat> yeah, that's, no, I think that's, that's it. It's like, um, how do we give people the right, I was going to say right excuse, but the right motivation for the stopping. Um, and this article I was just reading this morning by Sh uh, Sherry Walling. So the, our friend at Zen founder, yeah. um, she, she talks about the, the two types of stress. You talked about you stress and then this idea of chronic stress. <clears throat> so she says acute stress and chronic stress. Uh, and the trouble with, with the chronic stress, the stress that kind of builds up and grows, is that you get, well, A, it has physical um, implications, whether it's kind of you know, headaches or IBS or backache or whatever it is, it, it will manifest itself physically. But then that then impacts on our ability to think clearly. And so when you were saying, oh, we, we, you know, when, we're, when we're stressed and that, or, or when there's this kind of idea that we should work harder to solve a problem, actually, in order to solve a problem, we need to be creative. And if we're in that place of stress and, and our bodies aren't working properly or and our minds aren't clear enough, we're going, to take we're going to be less effective in terms of moving forward or being able to solve that problem or make changes. And so being able to make the shift happen is about stopping. Yeah. I also think there's something about um, changing your environment too. Mm -hmm. So there's the, I guess, the, the benefit of just getting off the treadmill a bit for a little while and just, you know, focusing on something else. I think that's really important. We talked about, you know, the stopping, but it's just like focusing on something else. When you go back to what you were doing, you just have a different view on it because you're not so in it, you know, you're not so focused on it. Um, but I think there's also something about changing your environment and particularly being out in nature. So I wrote a post about the aptitude experience a couple of weeks ago and you know, I kind of highlighted a, a, a quote from a book called, For, uh, what's it called? Nature Fix, Nature Fix by Florence Williams. And she talked about, you know, when we're sat at a desk or in an office environment, we're kind of only using one part of our brain. Whereas when we move out into um, nature, spend time outdoors, we really use more of our senses in different parts of our brain. So we're kind of opening ourselves up to more sensory experience, which means when we're making decisions, we can make it from a much more rounded viewpoint than just, um, you know, that kind of part of our brain where we're just like zooming in on something and focus on the computer or something, you know, typing in keys. It's just very narrow view on how we should um, make decisions really. So I think that's one thing is really looking at changing your environment as well as stopping and those, the combination of those things I think um, I've seen can have some profound impact on, on the way you work and the way you um, 
balance work and life and all these big questions that we like to ask and answer ourselves there's like what springs up to mind there's two types of thinking there's focused directed and i I when i think of focused directed thinking i think of my coding days was very much right there's this challenge there's this very technical logical problem that needs to be solved and it's really about kind of crunching through that to understand what the solution is and then there's more expansive creative thinking which is kind of like paradigm shifting type thinking really out of the box how can i get out of the way i'm doing things at the moment and look at it from a different perspective and that's less about focus and more about tapping into other other parts of our body or other parts of the way of awareness but also other people Mm -hmm. and and getting input from different people that that might not feel relevant in the immediately but actually like you said stimulates us to think differently yeah i think it's um this there's the term fresh eyes which always comes to mind when i think of this kind of uh, way of viewing things which is when you're not close to something you can see it with fresh eyes so that's why you know it's brilliant to bring in it always comes to mind when we had um, an intern working for us probably about four years ago, Christopher, who's probably the world's oldest intern, but he came in between jobs and he wanted to um, see how he worked and help us out with some some creative projects. Um, But what he did was he came in with fresh eyes to what we were doing and started to question some of the ways we were working and the decisions we were making or why we were making them. Um, And in a a very German way, matter of fact way, we'd just, you know, state that out and and not not, not hold back on that, which is brilliant because as a business you know, you can just get sucked into a certain way of doing things. And every business, if you've ever worked in different places, you'll see that everywhere has its own culture. It has its own way of working. It probably has its own language and way of talking and maybe even acronyms that they use to describe things. So you can get institutionalized if you just keep the same people in the same uh, environment all the time. Hmm. So getting fresh eyes on something is invaluable because it, can create more shift in the business than anything else. So forget an innovation strategy, just bring in some interns to just question what you do um, as a way to just get you to think about things from a different viewpoint. And so that's why I think meeting interesting people as part of our community and particularly at events like Altitude, you just get fresh eyes on what you're doing. So rather than someone telling you what to do or giving you advice on what to do, they might just say, oh, have you thought about doing it this way? Or why do you do that? Or that's interesting because so-and-so does it this way or we do it this way or i've seen it work this way so getting that times 20 from different people with fresh eyes is a really powerful tool i feel because it gives you that whole view like i said a whole different perspective on what you're doing and makes you just question um, i guess the norms of of how we work because i think that then helps to understand actually there's different ways of approaching a problem that maybe you haven't thought of one of the most i think powerful things that we do do at altitude is the the 15 minute hot seat um to get that i you know the to for someone to be able to share a challenge or a question and then to get 20 other people's perspectives in a constructive way and and also critical but but always constructive way to help them get clearer and we had a number of different people here um this time around from very diverse backgrounds i don't know if you there are any uh, people that you'd like to mention yeah, like you said there was quite so we had an old friend of ours um uh well, he's a current friend but old friend vincent gauchi who's uh he's an environmental scientist so i think he's a professor let me try and get this right of global change ecology at birmingham university um and he's someone we've known since we were at school together um and he i guess wouldn't call himself an entrepreneur, so he wouldn't necessarily be the, you know, archetype of the type exact person who comes to altitude. But at the same time, he he kind of is really because he's someone who's, um, you know, trying to change the way um, an organisation works. So he's trying to he has a lot of autonomy about how he works. So essentially, he's a change maker or an entrepreneur if you think of it that way. Um, so he was great to have there as a, again someone from a scientific background who's not in the business world. So has a really interesting. Um, way of viewing things and other people might not um we had 
actually a guy who closed an agency. So similar story to us, um, a guy who came along who I think about 18 months ago decided to close his agency and um, partly because he, he'd reached a point of, he was, he was kind of done with it really, a bit like we were with Spook Studio, kind of had the point where, got to the point where he wanted to try something new, but more than anything, didn't really have a, a vision to pursue the business beyond the point at which it grown to. And and I think also just wanted to step back from being in such a in such busy mode because he's um, like a lot of entrepreneurs just get sucked into it too much and can't just switch off. So we're thinking about it twenty four seven. And so he was in the hot seat. Um, um, some interesting. So Selfa, who came, she was brilliant. She's a community builder and event producer from Netherlands. So crazy Selfa. Crazy Selfa. Yeah, she's someone who we want to be. Uh, and ever present at all our events because she's um yeah she's a force of nature she had us fire breathing and, and sitting in and swimming in ice cold lakes um she did more of that herself than anyone else but she was teaching everyone the Wim Hof method method about how to um how to breathe into and uh and cope with these experiences in, in cold water um, and it's actually surprising how uh how the body can adapt to these situations if it's trained in the right way we we um, went for a walk to a massive waterfall, freezing cold water. This is I can't, this waterfall must have been what thirty, forty, fifty meters high. It was huge, yeah. uh, and I had just images of Selfa in her swimsuit picking herself through the rocks to get under this massive waterfall, and all of us standing around, guys standing around, going, "Nah, I can't do that." But she was having the most amazing time. I think she was yeah. so exhilarated by just being in that energy, and yeah, I was I was kind of regretting not actually joining her now. Although I did hear a story that it's probably not the safest place to be when you think of the loose rocks that come down from uh, from above. So yeah, um, yeah, I think it was it was a. Uh, a calculated risk to be under that waterfall but i think at the same time there's that kind of childlike wonder that she seems to have which rubbed off on other people which is you know why not why not just do that yeah i think that's a, that's a kind of when you're talking about different perspectives it's that different energy that it, that you can bring to your life by meeting people like that that makes you think actually you know what why am i scared of just sitting in some cold water what will it do for me and how will it kind of tune me into to maybe some other sensation or feeling that i'm not thinking about or, or neglecting or not hearing yes exactly i think we um well you can easily just worry too much about what other people think and someone like self is a great example of just do it don't don't worry just you know just go with the moment live in the moment and um yeah just have some fun one of the things that i think makes up the tube work is um, yeah, fun is at the heart of it. So we have, you know, you talked about the hot seats, which is again is like quite a focused um, attention from the group in terms of trying to solve a particular problem or get feedback on a challenge they're facing. Um, but balancing that with loads of moments of fun and you know silliness and laughter is, I think, what makes these things work. It's not so intensive in terms of all about work or all about business. It's really, um, yeah, that mix of kind of work and play and work in a work commerce and play is is what makes what makes these things quite special in there. No, it's interesting that you touch on fun because the podcast that goes out today actually I was talking to uh, the founder of a company called Conscious Company Media and one of the questions is you know I I asked her was around you know what would you what would you gift your younger self um in terms of advice or thoughts um and her thing was when she started a business, she had to go through all the funding stuff and the panic of being able to make payroll and having to grow and satisfy, satisfy investors. And it was really heavy. And the thing that she – and while she – that thing is like she knew all of that, she had to go through it, all of those trials, tribulations, challenges. She wouldn't change a thing because it's got to her to where she is now. But the thing she would really love to change isn't so much what she went through but how she perceived it. And she said, I wish I just I just made it a bit lighter and actually made it more fun or enjoyed it. Bring more levity and joy and fun to what she was doing. And that would have would have changed the challenges, but it would have changed the experience. Yeah. 
Well, I think it's making that deliberate as well. So there's, I guess the phrase enjoy the journey comes to mind, which is, you know, sometimes easier said than done when you're in the thick of it. Um, so there's, there's, I guess there's a mindset around that in terms of, okay, how can I, how can I make this fun? Um, or I'm, I actually remember Max saying something to me a few years ago, Max St. John, you mentioned earlier. Um, when you think about something really difficult, think about, okay, how would I, how would I act if this was fun? <laughs> you know, what would this being fun look like? And so just reframing it in that way, which for me is more about mindset rather than actually the activity. It's more like, okay, how would I behave? Um, so rather than going, oh, this is really difficult and it's really shit and I'm suffering. It's like, okay, what if, what if the opposite were true? What if this was a fun activity and what if we can play with it? Um, so coming from that viewpoint, but I think there's also something about making fun time so deliberately leaving time in your schedule to to just have fun and joy and make it um, a pleasant experience either outside work or integrating that with um, with the work you do or your team or you know colleagues or whoever it is so one thing we've always been I think Kieran since the agency days really was putting fun at the heart of what we do um, otherwise why do it you know it's going to be hard um, and there are hard times and it can get difficult but just always keeping that in check in terms of, okay, we want to do this and we want to make it as fun as possible. How, how do we approach it in that way? Um, what activities can we integrate to make it um, make it more fun? So whether it's, you know, okay, we've got to have a meeting about accounts. Well, what about if we do it on the beach rather than <laughs> in a boring room? Just because it's a boring activity doesn't mean it has to be in a boring environment. Um, so I think that's a good, I think it's a useful trait to have in certainly business to be able to, make anything that seems pretty dull as, as fun as possible well two things spring to mind there there's the our co when we went to the co-founders workshop with tom nixon and, and yeah. the contract he got everyone to make between their co-founders and yeah. i don't know if you remember what we wrote uh was it something like if it's not fun we call it a day exactly or something like that. yeah <laughs> yeah so um and I think that's, you know, like you said, I don't think that was a new thing, but it was useful to have that time um, both individually and together to come to that point of like, oh, yeah, that's why we're doing it. Because um, if it's fun for us, then hopefully that rubs off on other people. So when people say, oh, you're off to the ups again, or you're, you know, on doing your work thing again, as if, you know, it's it's all joy and no pain, Um and obviously they're hugely rewarding and it is a lot of fun, but at the same time there's months of work before that to get to that point, lots of which isn't fun, but we're focused on the outcome that we're trying to create and it's always worth it. So again, I think that's also one good thing is just having that, I guess that why in mind in terms of what are we doing this for and it might not be fun all the time, but pushing for that experience when it is fun is, is worth all the days when, you know, it's a bit of a, bit of a drag to to get there maybe so the thing that springs to mind there is it's having a sense of perspective because it can we can very easily get <clears throat> dragged down into the into the weeds of you know boring admin work or just relentless sales work or yeah just jobs that really don't give us energy um and for me the idea of the fun is just giving putting back a bit of perspective is like, okay, this is really painful. This is challenging, but it's not going to kill me. <laughs> you can look at it. It's that thing looking in danger and in the face of danger and, and trying to smile. It's like, I'm not going to die here. This isn't going to. And and then that just loosens the, the mind a bit so that we can think again, more clearly and creatively. And in the end it's, you know, we talk about, I think the core values, one of our core values is kind of making it fun or play. And for me, it isn't just about, oh, I want to give up because it's too hard. It's like, how can we always stay creative? How can we always stay open? How can we always have a growth mindset, as you said, in terms of mindset? Yeah. And it, and it's easy to lose sight of that. Um, and to be honest, I think it's only since we revisited our values last year and, and really whittled them down to three core values that they've actually stuck in our head more. Because mm. um, in the past, we had maybe up to 10 values kind of give them equal importance but um yeah i think we're very bad at remembering things as, as most people are so for us really getting it down to the core essence of what we're about 
which again meant much of which has come with us since the agency days is yeah make it fun is one that's um, has been there from the start and you know understanding those things i think that's what values are about really it's like if you're not tapping into those things as you're working in your business then you're going to lose energy because you're not really doing it for the reasons that you started it and so it's really good to have a constant reminder of what's important to you and making sure that that's relevant as well because over time those those needs change so understanding that other values that we you know, had when we started still still relevant now i think that's really important actually saying that about those core values because i having those has really crystallized um the way i interpret stuff that we do and just to remind people i think you know the values that we came up with was learning play and friendship you know those are the three yeah. things that are half everything we do and and i'm thinking about it now when we apply it to altitude those are the three key things that people come away with is they will learn new things they will enjoy and have fun doing you know being out in the in the nature and mountain biking or rafting or walks and they will make some amazing deep connections with people yeah and i think this is what i was clumsily trying to say earlier is when you know when we're doing it for our reasons then those reasons hopefully um get sort of transmitted to other people so whether it's just through the word we put out about it through these things or blogging or whatever other medium we might use um marketing but you know our passion for what we're doing and the way we want to do it hopefully rubs off on other people and then there's the actual experience itself in terms of yeah we created these events for us essentially thinking okay what would we want to see from a, a week how what would a business event look like if we kind of threw out all the rules and, and put our own rules instead um so i think for that reason like you said those three elements are so important to us that naturally we, we integrate them into the event and you know, because it's what we need it's what everyone else needs to self-select almost those people to come who crave um yeah who crave that fun who crave knowledge and, and uh, wisdom from other people on this path and also being surrounded by people who think the way that they do and particularly around business that they're not there to sell to each other they're not there to take from each other they're there to learn from each other and to contribute to each other's projects as well as obviously um you know be there for their own reasons so yeah i think again this is why we always talk about values is so important um and we've gone off in a bit, bit of a tangent here but i think like you said it's worth highlighting no i think it's, it, it's a great it's a great filter. it's super important and i think what we can do here is like we can now what it would be nice to do is look back at altitude this last altitude through those three lenses um so what yeah. did we learn how did we have fun what did we how did we play yeah. and what friendships were made um yeah. and then i hopefully that will give people a, a a clearer idea of what altitude is about um so what did we learn <laughs> um i'm not sure we can cover that in a couple of minutes um, what are the things that stood out for I'm you for, for me again and like you said you could ask this question to everyone who came and i'm sure they give you similar but different responses um we always learn something from these things both from just you know learning from the great people we meet and their wisdom and experiences and you know just that life experience and business experience too uh, but then also about the event itself and maybe things we'll do to tweak it in the future or new ways of approaching something and again we did it we hosted it at a new venue this year so it was quite a bit of change in terms of the way we uh, where we ran the, the event um i think the key thing for me was really just I, I don't think it was anything particularly new about this but more just a reminder of how important it is to integrate you know yourself wholly into what you're doing um and by that i mean you know, we spent a lot of time with these people in nature. Um, I think at the beginning of the week, it tends to be more about uh, a kind of, I wouldn't say superficial level, but I'd say like things that are on people's mind and we try and surface those ideas and also why people came. So, you know, trying to bond the group, but also just getting a sense of, yeah, what's on your mind? What are the things you want to talk about? What are the things we can dive into? Um, but then over the course of the week, people open up and, you know, people share everything to do with themselves and, and i think that's so important if we want to be able to you know create authentic businesses and be 
be the best we can be at work um, and certainly have the impact we want is if we open up and we are you know vulnerable and we share our personal and, and professional challenges together because I think that way not only do we get help ourselves and it takes a bit of courage and vulnerability to do that we also can really deeply I think connect with other people because otherwise we're just on a superficial level of connection you know we're kind of like you might do at a conference or in a pub or in a restaurant whatever you just how are you doing yeah I'm cool and then you know you don't really talk about what's going mm-hmm. on with you so I think that for me is yeah like I said it's, it's not necessarily a new thing but a great reminder that yeah when we integrate what we're doing and make it all about our whole self then I think that really is where the real value is for people um, us included. Well, one of the things that springs to mind in terms of integration whole self uh, and a conversation that seemed to be quite um, had a lot of energy behind it was the idea of living a simple life I don't know if there's anything that sprang up for you in those conversations that, that yeah that you've taken away from altitude yeah so we had so we ran an ideas cafe didn't we earlier mm. in the week um we kind of summarize uh so we split into three groups i think three or four groups of people small groups and then we um, came together at the end to share what came up in each group um so there was some difference but also quite a lot of similarity in terms of i think in every group there was some mention of i do simplicity and living a bit more simply um and also the idea of climate um climate crisis and how these things maybe overlap you know how actually by living a simpler life we can um, certainly reduce our need to consume and to live in a more um, uh, well assuming everything's uh, infinite um, way so unsustainable way so that was one thing and then we had a deep dive into that so there's a few of us who had a chat around the hot tub I think about this idea of yeah what does simple living look like and how can you know me and each of us think of ways to make that possible and what does that actually look like and why are we doing it as well so that was really interesting um and an outcome from that is myself and vincent who i mentioned earlier are gonna well at the very least put together a, a bit of a blog post each to just share our ideas around this and see if that comes into anything more um him from all the um, environmental standpoint and me more from the i guess personal uh, lifestyle standpoint and business. what does it mean for you then in terms of <clears throat> living a simple life what's the need um so partly i guess selfishly or whatever you call it selfishly <laughs> so, yeah definitely partly um a personal need is i think just for uh i wouldn't say it's focus simplicity is the word i mean it's just i've always as a designer like the idea of stripping things back to their core essence and so you know, we're very good at, I'm certainly very good at bringing stuff into my world that seems like a good thing at the time, but then we're quite bad at getting rid of things. So just being able to let go or, you know, um, say no to things means that you can focus on what's important. So I guess from a work standpoint, you know, really understanding what it is we're doing that has the most value, what can we do that requires the least amount of effort for the most amount of gain um, and impact. I guess from a work point of view, that's one thing. And I think just from a, a lifestyle point of view, just probably getting old, <laughs> whatever it is, and just wanting to spend more time with family, wanting to get more of a balance. Um, and I think just, yeah, just wanting to slow down a bit. I think slowness is important. And I think that, you know, a lot of the problems we're facing, I think it's to do with the fact we're also busy all the time. And so I think slowness means that I think we'll just be able to live more consciously. And as a result, yeah, hopefully addressing the problems we face. I was um, I remember reading up a bit about this um at altitude, you know, when when this conversation was going on. And there's this thing about what I read is the difference between what we need and what we want. And some men too many of us are dictated by what we want. And what we want is an external thing, people telling us that we should have this, we should have that. And there's what I think what you're talking about is what we do what do we really need? And that takes some work, understanding what's important to us, what are our values. I guess it goes away from more extrinsic motivations to intrinsic ones. Um, And I think of, you know, when we're busy, I think of like filling our needs through more material or it's even experiential means that could be like, okay, I'm really busy, so I'm going to go down the pub and get pissed. <laughs> or, 
I, I want to go shopping tomorrow and buy myself a nice pair of shoes or a nice handbag, kind of retail therapy because I deserve it because I'm working so hard. Um, or going on expensive holidays and then coming back and like having this big mismatch between that and the rest of your life. So the, I think it's quite easy to get sucked into those extrinsic motivations for things, which I don't think is, is doing us any good as people, but I think it's certainly not doing the planet any good. Um, so I think that's one thing. Um, the, the other thing for me is I've been reading a lot about this and essentially I think for us to survive as a, as a race, we need to radically change the way we live. And I think that's, um, it sounds weird to say it excites me, but it's more, it feels like a real opportunity to learn from the mistakes we've made and to see how actually by going back to basics, it not only helps us, it helps kind of our future as a race. So I think that's kind of where I'm hoping this goes to this blogging project is more positive um, things people can do if they're interested in this and seeing how actually maybe this is a more fruitful, happier life rather than, losing out on some of the uh, privileges we've had or the rights we've had to certain things, but actually understanding, actually, are those things working? Are they making us happy? Um, and is, is there something that is actually more in tune to more of our intrinsic needs, which I think are more around, like we talked about, belonging and um, you know, learning and growth and nature and time, all these things. So, yeah, not losing sight of that. Um, but... Yeah, I wouldn't say I've got I feel yeah. I feel another podcast coming on there. There's definitely a space yeah. for exploring that. So moving on from what we've learned, yeah. maybe how did yeah. we play? What were the fun bits? What is it? That, what, how do we satisfy the need for play at altitude? Oh, there's so many. Um, uh, one that came to mind was rafting. I mean, we, we've done rafting a lot now um, on our different trips, um, but this one was was pretty wild. Because it had been raining, it had been raining a few days before, yeah. hadn't it? So um, the river, the river is flowing. Let's just say, um, and normally you kind of get on and you have like a bit of calm and then a rapid and a bit of calm. This was pretty much like, you know, I wouldn't say it was full pelt the whole way, but certainly felt felt quite fun um, all the way through. And that's, I think, rafting is always great as a as a group activity because some people aren't sure about doing it, and then they end up being the ones that love it the most. And people like us who are a bit like oh rafting again here we go I'm like this is a lot of fun and again getting to be kids again and splashing each other with water on the different boats and all the tour guides are always, uh, the, the rafting guides are always um, complete practical jokers probably to make their lives interesting after a few rafting trips every day so um so yeah rafting stands out as one and obviously the surroundings are amazing so you get to see um yeah the mountains and the waterfalls from a different perspective down the river well there's something um, about rafting and that yeah. shared experience because i felt the energy after that that activity just changed in the group there seemed to be a lot more excitement and connection and conversation uh, and while people think oh it's you know we're just having fun actually it feels like an essential tool to creating connection yeah um Try not to be too mechanical about it, but it's it's important. It's important to have play and fun in anything that we do because it creates that shared shared experience. Yeah, it's. I think it comes back to the childlike thing. Just wanting to be a kid again. You know, we. I think we're all very good at going. Oh, I'm not the sort of person who does that. You know, so someone like, oh, I'm not, I don't do rafting. It's like, well, what if you were that person? You know. <laughs> like we talked about self earlier, it's like what if you just didn't think about it or worry about what people mm. thought or the image of you that you created and you just went with it and thought, okay, again, Max's point, what would this look like mm. if it was fun? <laughs> How would I approach this if I wanted to enjoy it rather than think, uh, what about the dangers or what about what could go wrong? So I think that's one important thing. Um, another thing that comes to mind is just just the, the, the fun and the banter. Um, I don't know what the the Dutch translation of banter is, but we got quite a few Dutch people this time around and there was a lot of uh, great sort of, uh, yeah, conversations and, and, you know, topics that were discussed. But, yeah, more than anything, we just had lots of fun together and being up in the refuge where we stayed, we did a big hike, two-day hike and stayed up in the mountain hut up there. Singing, singing songs. songs. Um, <laughs> yeah, singing songs outside, sea shanties led by Sophie, uh, having lots of, uh, fondue, too much fondue, too much cheese, uh, but lots of lots of red wine flowing, and yeah, lots of games being played, all just coming from the group. You know, nothing planned, but again, 
when you leave that space for stuff, you know, always good things fill it. Um, I seem to remember you, you had some <laughs> game as well, didn't you? Game. Yeah, we had a, a couple of Not games. Uh, thanks to Hazel Reynolds, we had um, uh, Sound Delicious uh, and The Pretender. <clears throat> so it's, it's kid, the kids' games. But actually get a bunch of adults, like you said, not being self-conscious, laying their guard down, laying the armor down, and just going with it. It actually creates a lot of connection. Um, and, and f- yeah, smiles. Smiles and laughter. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's so many other examples of it. I think, yeah, generally selfie was at the heart of most of the really <laughs> fun things, get, getting into it different um oh my god this hike i think we went up to 1800 meters was that right and then at the top of the hike self decides let's get into the ice cool river or stream and of course she did it first and then afterwards other people followed the next morning and i can remember hearing some real raw screaming (laughs) of people really getting in touch with the world some primal screens. <laughs> and there's a thing I was going to say um, in terms of the fun, letting the armor down, um, that real kind of peak experience that you have with people, it, it creates strong connections. Uh, and that's where the friendships happen and the, the long lasting friendships happen. Yeah. And I think of like the late nights over the, there was a fire pit at one of the chalets. So, um, yeah, sitting around there, singing songs, sharing, sharing times together. Um, yeah, those are the moments you don't forget, really. And that's the thing, like you said, that really builds, builds those connections. So whilst we're only with people for a, a few days or a week, um, <clears throat> yeah, the relationships that get formed way beyond that. And, um, yeah, we've seen people into our different retreats who we don't see maybe for a year or two, but we come back together and it's like seeing an old school friend. And uh, yeah, that's the biggest endorsement I think we can give these things is the the depth of feeling that people have for each other when they see each other again is um, yeah something that you can only equate to having a, a strong bond with someone you've known a long time. So yeah, we hope it's not just a one-off thing and people um, stay in touch, which they tend to, um, or come back to out, uh, come back to or maybe aptitude or often our summer camp is more of a, a wider celebration, but um, yeah, the main thing is people just looking out for each other um, and seeing this as the start of a journey together, really not rather than the end of a great experience. So it's always quite sad the week afterwards, so, you know, it tends to be a bit of a post altitude blues a few days for, for a lot of people because they've had that, that depth of connection that um, maybe they've not experienced for, for a long time, certainly with people that they've just met. But for me, it's just a good reminder that actually those People are out there, you know. These people are doing great things, and, and uh, it's an opportunity to, to seek those out, whether it's in their own town or come to experiences like we put on, be part of our community where they actually, you know, don't go, oh god, you know, now I'm feeling really sad because I don't have that anymore. It's like, okay, how can I create that more often and find other great people that inspire yeah. me in that way? I think about the people we've met along this journey and who are still with us, and we consider. You know, close friends. We have Catherine Sheridan. We've got Rice Herpers. We've got um, oh Jack. It's just the idea of even Jack Hubbard, who lives out there. Over the past five years, seeing his kids grow up, seeing his him settle in, it's like it. It is much more to this than just Jack's one of our partners on an altitude retreat. He's you know he's someone that we've grown with, and we've seen him grow. And we've seen his kids grow. It just it feels more like a family rather than a business relationship and we have arno him and his his wife and his kids and the challenge that he had at the beginning of the retreat and it wasn't a question of oh you know you still got to work hard it's like you know being able to accept because of the the bereavement he had in his family that that was going to be an issue and it wasn't something that we wanted to pressure him to to deliver just because you know there's there's this retreat going on and and I think having that friendship alongside the business relationship and having that deeper consideration of what he was going through gave him space to still you know, be part of the group, but also space to deal with the stuff that he had to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. I think this comes back to my point about 
you know integration and wholeness really it's like we can't separate work and life and um you know life always has a a way of uh, i guess having its moment when we least expect it so yeah i think that's why i think family is a good word really it's like what we try and create through our community is, is that feeling of family um and certainly in dream valley in the alps where we host it where jack's based it feels like a home from home now for us you know been there so many times running not just altitude but some smaller gatherings with people from the community and um yeah having arno there who's not just our guide but a friend now someone that you said that we've grown grown to know really well um sally ann who's again someone who's been to four altitudes now and some summer camps and is an integral part of the community and jack too like you said he continues to inspire us but yeah also hopefully gets lots of value from from the people we bring over there and the connections he makes there too so yeah it's like you said it's an unfolding story i think rather than (laughs) business friends you know this is uh this is what we do and and it's an extension of our 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 community in brighton and and online too and as you said it's an unfolding story so what's next in our in our what's the next chapter in in the happy startup book uh summer camp is is in capital letters <laughs> <laughs> that's the big summer camp exclamation mark um yeah we um i was reading a post actually by seb who's the founder of our the co-working space that we're part of which is called platform nine some of you may have heard of it before in brighton and hove there's a couple of um couple of sites that they've got and he wrote posts Quite a rare post, actually. I don't seen write many posts before about his journey with the with the um, business. And one said, he said, one thing that people often ask him or always ask him is, "What's next?" Um, and he actually said, "Actually, for now, we're just going to take stock because they've been on a bit of a growth curve for a, a year or two since they launched, um, and, and a bit for us too, really. I think it's, there's no harm in just focusing on what we do really well and making that as great as we can." So. Summer Camp stands out because that's our next big focus and something we've been working on in the background for the last last six months, really. Um, so that happens in September. So, yeah, we are getting close to filling up, which is great. Um, the program's probably 90% there. Um, so getting excited about it now. Once Altitude's out of the way, then, you know, it's up. Is there anyone closer. on the program you wanted way. to maybe just refer to for people who are interested in coming or wanting to know what's there? Yeah, so I guess, I mean, speakers are ones that we, some people we know well, some new ones. Um, we I t- we tend to bring in people that we know, a mix of people we know really well, who we, we just know are going to be great, um, and balancing that with some new faces. So we've actually had a couple of people, a couple of people coming from the US who've um, been to our altitude retreats in, in Oregon. Um, actually no so chris chris keesley came to the altitude in europe um and i believe are they both been on the christina podcast? and uh, chris oh both chris's yes yeah yeah so chris keesley who's um a leadership coach and she's doing a great workshop about um how you can grow as an individual and how that can help you make the impact that you're looking for and christina chopiak is going to be doing the um kind of visual strategy so how to picture your business strategy workshop and and they're both just great people and some well people that we've learned from and i and and i'm really excited to be hanging out with them for a few days and getting to getting to share their share their gifts with the summer camp community um in terms of speakers we've got so going back to the topic of climate change max st john who's he mentioned a couple of times is uh is going to be giving a talk on kind of linked to what i was talking about really like how after we're reading all this stuff sometimes counterproductive so what we each do to to make a difference in tiny ways and so he's going to be sharing more of his i guess theory around that and also practical advice um john parkin is the author of fuck it books um i'm not sure if it's past the watershed yet but um, <laughs> um and he's someone we've followed for a long time um and yeah his approach really is about letting go and i think he calls it the ultimate spiritual way is uh is yeah adopting this approach he's a very successful author someone we're looking to collaborate with more and again this all links to some other stuff we talked about slowing down anything that's counter culture i think is something that requires a different approach and certainly more of a rebellious streak so looking forward to hearing his talk and again for him to experience what we do because i know he's been a supporter from the sidelines for, for quite a long time um but again more than anything we talked about friendship i mean I'm, um, I'm writing an email about it at the moment to share with the community is really um 
you know, whilst we put a lot of effort into curating the program, more than anything, it's about the people you meet. And so, you know, all the speakers come and stay for three days. It's really important to us. Everybody contributes as, as part of it as any participant. So getting to meet all these people, you know, both peers and teachers is uh, really important. And yeah, lots of space, lots of fun experiences and activities, which again, like you talked about, are the kind of glue to the community really in terms of sharing sharing some of the experiences with people helps to build build that uh, build those friendships so whether it's you know chilling out in the wood-fired hot tub or what we got this year um doing a bit of japanese sword fighting um with uh, with all that entails if you know what it is you might know what to talk about if not and hopefully curiosity peaks something with you um and yeah lots of fun like you said trying to put fun at the heart of it so we have blingo bingo which is a a new hip hop bingo with Grandma Flat. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, as, as is always the case, lots of uh, friends coming back, but also lots of new faces too. And we, we seem to get a nice even split of you know people that we know and know each other, but also new people and, and making sure they all feel welcome and, and supported too as they embark on this journey. And for people who, who are hearing about summer camp for the first time, do you want to give them some dates and details to find out more and to, to maybe apply to join? This is my famous yeah. promotion bit, Ooh. is it? Uh, so 13th to the 15th of September. Um, it takes place over three days, Friday to Sunday, and it's um, in the Sussex countryside. So it's about... 45 minutes from Brighton, about an hour from Gatwick Airport, um, near near Hastings and, and Battle, which is a local town. And yeah, it's in a huge farm, 200 acres. We've got teepees, we've got bell tents. Um, we have a shuttle bus that runs from Brighton and the local station too. So no excuses about not getting there. Um, and if you're interested to find out more, go to um, happystartupsummer.camp and you'll find... Uh, all the details about this year's program all the talks from previous years so we've um, uploaded 30 plus talks with some great wisdom from last year and all the way going back to 2014 so if you're curious about the kind of things that get discussed at uh, summer camp you know go and watch some of those because yeah there's some great wisdom there and um, i think we've also got the podcast that you've recorded so far with some of the speakers on there so again, if you're more of a listener rather than watch it then go and listen to some of the interviews with some of this year's speakers um and yeah, if you're a member listening to this, then members get £200 off a ticket. So, but you need to do that pretty soon before the end of June, ideally. And so, yeah, get in touch with us if you haven't already got your ticket or um, look on Mighty Networks where our online community takes place and you'll find that. If you're not a member, then you can become one um, for around £30 uh, a month. And um, if not, then you can just apply as normal. Um, and yeah, we'll be able to fast track you to a ticket if you. Maybe mention the podcast. Um, so it feels like, you know, for those of you out there who, who do believe that learning, play, and friendship are, are core to your values and, and things that you're looking for in the experiences and the people that you want to connect with. And unfortunately, you missed altitude. Um, that would have been a great place to experience those values in a, in a beautiful place. The opportunity is to also join us at summer camp and, and meet so many like-minded people and and be a child again and hopefully that will help you yeah be a better adult <laughs> and one thing i'll just say on that is you're right in highlighting the values as, as the, the thing that attracts people to it and you know i've lost count the amount of people said oh it looks great you know i'd love to come but i'm not a startup or i'd love to come but i don't have an idea um so i kind of want to kill that myth that you know you have to be a startup to come to this um, it's not an accelerator. It's a just a wonderful experience where people who share the same values come together to, I guess, support each other, build friendships, uh, get inspired, and yeah, really give each other sort of people to go on this journey with. And you know, someone described it. I don't know if you saw that. Someone described mm-hmm. it as porridge the other day. <laughs> you can eat it, eat it all in once, but it can take its time to sort of um, yeah release the energy, create the the energy that's the one um um so yeah i think that's a good way of putting it is it's it's a great jolt of inspiration um for anyone who wants to do anything positive in the world but at the same time some of the ripple effects take time to settle in so 
yeah, I think that's the beauty of these things is it's these experiences aren't just a one-off. You know, they're really things that take time to, to get the message. Awesome. Cool. So I'm going to go off to the doctors and sort out my back. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need a retreat. retreat. I need another retreat. Um, but yeah, I th- I feel there's another episode that we're going to be doing on the simple life. Uh, it feels like there's some nice conversations yeah. around that. So um, anyone listening, look out for that in the next couple of weeks. Um, But until next time, see you later. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I just want to say thanks for listening to this Happy Startup School community podcast. If you'd like to find out more about what we do, then check out our website, thehappystartupschool.com. Now, if you believe that there's more to life and business than making money and waiting for retirement, and if you want to surround yourself with other like-minded changemakers and entrepreneurs who want to make money, do good, and be happy, then you've got to come and join our community. We offer courses, conversations, and content that will help you follow your own path to success, whether you're just starting out struggling to grow your business or in a position of leadership and trying to work out what's next. There's no reason for you to face these challenges alone when you can be supported by people like you who want you to succeed. Also, from Friday the 13th to Sunday the 15th of September, we're hosting our Happy Startup Summer Camp. Yes, I know it's not strictly summer, but also it's not strictly just for startups. At its core, Summer Camp is about learning, play and friendship. We want to promote personal growth in business. We want to advocate holding our weight lightly so that we can be more creative and be more happy. And we know that we can't create impact on our own. We need to work with others that give us energy and support. And as well as inspirational talks, we've got activities and experiences such as blingo bingo, botanical brewing, yoga, mindful raiding, saunas, hot tubs, lakes, lake swimming, Japanese sword fighting, qigong breathing and dancing lots of dancing so if you want to find out more about summer camp please go to happystartupsummer.camp remember happystartupsummer.camp because business doesn't have to be boring and it definitely shouldn't be lonely so i hope you can join us in september